0: You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: You know, uh, she actually lives in uh, Sunbury on Thames and she'll now be paid per month by eSports and gaming influencer organization Alexi Racer. Of course to preserve the anonymity and to keep things confidential. Um, they didn't share any deep about the contract, how much he's paid and when and how long it's going for. Mm. Annie says she hasn't picked up a controller since playing her on her eldest son's Nintendo 64 about 15 years ago before she tried Fortnite. Moore Tech Talk Show where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. Well, hey everybody, it is John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur, and welcome once again to the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. We have an exciting show for you tonight, this Friday. We actually have um, uh, Colonel Brigadier uh, Chishil, uh who will be talking to us tonight about his uh, best time seller, Uh, from New York, the million dollar second, get to hear from him a little bit later and we'll get to see what's going on with Amazon and a few other interesting things about one person's mom. Uh, but it's always great to be here and welcome Marcus. It's nice to see you on another Friday as we are, you know, getting in the thick of it with September, aren't we? Our second Friday of September.
2: Right in the thick. We are here already, John. And you know, it's quite the pleasure to be with you. It's always a pleasure to be with you as well. And so, uh,
1: you know, when we're thinking about getting ready, I guess, are we getting into fall? Is that where we are? When is fall? Fall starts in- This is fall in, season.
2: This is, fall. all right.
1: So I'm right. So at fall season, you basically want to wear a little bit warmer clothing, a little bit, you know, so you put clothing on so you can warm up because it's cold outside.
2: <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I'm I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm sure that's no surprise for anybody, but- you know, speaking yeah. about you know having those type of things, I think one of the most important things is, is to be worn. But what if there could be clothes that could save your life? What would that be like?
2: Just imagine how many lives could have been saved by now. That's that's what I'm thinking. A-
1: exactly, and there are a growing number right now of new star- startups that are starting to let's say uh, marry many of the retail and health cares through sensor packed clothing.
2: Wow. I think, yeah. Yeah. You know, if this is done correctly, John, I, I do believe uh, we could avoid some privacy issues, but hey, we have to do, do this correctly.
1: A- absolutely. And these uh, pieces of clothing are to be able to perform tests usually done at doctor's office. And, um, Uh, The Wall Street Journal writes, and I quote, uh, the prescribed garments carry out a slew of medical tasks from taking blood pressure and body temperature to running electrocardiograms and monitoring the lungs. Hmm. So they call this new type of, um, I guess, fitness or clothing wear, smart clothes. That's what they've called it. Quote, unquote, smart clothes. It even includes, they call this, a bra that helps signal cardiac arrest uh, and a jumpsuit for infants that track movements and mosquito-proof clothing that prevents diseases such as malaria.
2: Where was that when I was traveling in the jungle once upon a time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So right now, um, it's supposed to be around the 2022 uh, spring-summer collection. <laughs> <laughs> is when we'll start seeing smart clothes. But I think smart clothes are not just about keeping somebody warm because you can have it in the summertime or you can have it in the wintertime. It doesn't matter. It's really not about, you know, uh wearing it to stay warm, it's wearing them to stay healthy. Yeah. And this new type of clothing is gonna employ a technology that's gonna allow, and I quote, um, us to be able to identify, analyze, and potentially prevent health issues that arise. I just have one problem with all this, and you know what that is. It's the big capital P. Yeah, the privacy. The privacy. Oh (laughs) my gosh, the privacy, the privacy, the privacy. You never have to worry about privacy when you buy Ralph Lauren or Polo or or no. IZOD or, or any other brand or uh, Tommy Hilfiger. There's no privacy issues there.
2: <laughs> I can imagine like, you know, when you buy it, they're pulling out a, a you know, a, a nice little contract for you to sign too.
1: What it's saying from what I can understand from the little bit I've been reading about it is that the clothing is going to be prescribed. Hmm. Okay. okay. So let's say people that have diabetes and things like that, they didn't even go there. But the um, people that have that can't just buy these lances and these testers out of the blue. They have to be prescribed. So this is going to have to be prescribed. But the thing that's interesting about this, I'm not sure why, because what if somebody wants to just wear this and monitor their health? Why would that need to be prescribed? It sounds like somebody else is trying to get their hand in the cookie jar.
2: Yeah, normally, and it's the when, medical companies. Yeah, normally when it goes straight to medical like that, and you you, you trying to capitalize off the insurance companies, you are looking for guaranteed payment, and you trying to get it pretty fast, uh, and yeah, so this is this is very sneaky. It's you know. going to
1: take a, a polo shirt that normally would cost around forty to sixty bucks, and I don't know, let's just say double or triple it to about 180, 180 bucks,
2: and maybe not even size. that. Maybe not even that attractive and, and trendy.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to work, though, to hopefully uh, align with certain retailers like Paul. I don't know who they're going to pick, but I would think they're going to try to pick things that are fashionable.
2: Yeah, you would hope so. Uh, you know, because <laughs> We that, know what happened
1: it, with the Olympics. What were we yeah. talking about? $1,000 for this special material. And I think it was... Uh, for like the the jacket and the pants that it was supposed to help you uh, manage your temperature of your body Mm -hmm. using this uh, special uh, clothing and you could buy it now on the USA Olympics store. I don't see too many people rushing to buy that. No. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking about uh, rushing, you know, we don't hear too much uh, about parents when it comes to gaming, do we? Other than the fact that they don't want it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, not really a, 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 a pastime appearance.
1: But what if I told you a Fortnite, we know Fortnite, don't we? Yeah. A Fortnite gamer's mom becomes pro herself. Huh. Now, Annie and I quote says she is not anywhere near the standard of her son at playing Fortnite. And uh, the mom is of one of the world's best professional Fortnite players, has signed a contract with a game organization to develop, listen to this, her own career. Wow. And when I first looked at this, Marcus, and I saw the way mum was spelled, you know, I said mom, but it's actually mum is how she pronounces how she spells it. Uh, I knew she was uh, from Britain right away. Uh, Annie Fish is 58 years old and has managed her son, Benji. She calls Benji Fish, uh, and Fish since uh, went professional three years ago. This British gamer says uh, that she began playing the game in February to improve her understanding. She quickly amassed um, what turned into a paid contract with esports firm. And I want to quote something else. They said, "I never thought in a million years." that I would ever be playing Fortnite or streaming online or even be in a position to be able to be signed by an organization. So it's really exciting, she said, her Annie Fish. So Annie's streaming her games on Twitch to 430,000 followers. Wow. And she puts out videos of her matches to her growing YouTube fans base of 165,000.
2: I know she just caught another uh, 100,000 after <laughs> this uh, article. so
1: I, I'm sure she did. And you know, yeah. uh, another quote I want to put down, and it says, Next step is a million.
2: Yeah, well on her way. <laughs> yeah, she's well on her way.
1: <laughs> so she's doing some very interesting things. And, uh, you know, uh, she actually lives in uh, Sunbury on Thames, and she'll now be paid per month by esports and gaming influencer organization Galaxy Racer. Of course, to preserve the anonymity and to keep things confidential, um, they didn't share any details about the contract, how much he's paid and when and how long it's going for. Mm-hmm. Annie says she hasn't picked up a controller since playing her on her eldest son's Nintendo 64 about 15 years ago before she tried Fortnite. And I quote what she says. I was really bad at first. I just sort of camped and hid from other players in case I got killed. (laughs) So she says, I've been doing various competitions, but not yet won any cash cups. And I've got a long way to go, but I'm trying. So she's not winning the game. But you know what? It's because of her involvement. Yeah. I guess the fact that she's picking it up. She's not an expert at it. Uh, Annie's son, Benji, says, and I quote, it's pretty mad that his mom is now a signed gamer.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other mad gamers out there <laughs> <laughs> um, that you know uh, are envious of this uh, signing. Uh, so I, I, I can see this even becoming... A, a trend pretty soon of maybe either, uh, maybe other moms. Uh, but you know, there are yeah.
1: organizations all across America, like, yeah. you know, moms for this moms of this County moms of the United States mothers for this, etc. just like mad mothers against drunk driving, dads against drunk driving very similar to that. But these organizations are crazy. Moms. Yeah. I mean, to be part of them is supposed to be some quote unquote elite thing. But they like go for blood. I mean, if you suddenly, you know, won at Tiddlywinks uh, or Fortnite, I mean, they're going to hate you. And this is what I've noticed a lot, not only in the gaming world, but in the world of this COVID competition. I'm a better mom, I'm a better dad than you are kind of world. It's not becoming a sport that is, um, how can I say, supportive of each other. It's very cutthroat, you know, (laughs) very cutthroat. And I'm seeing this so much, Marcus, that um, people out there just don't want others to get ahead, even if it's just two little tiddlywinks, or if it's an extra glass of water. Why is it that people are so, how can I say this nicely? up in other people's
2: business. That's very interesting. And I, I think you pointed out something that is incredibly an increasing problem. And it needs to be diffused at some point. We
1: did a, 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 a live stream earlier this week. You know, I always do streams and I talk. I now do. I don't just give tips. I actually do questions and answers. And that's been really interesting. But, you know, what happens is I'll get something that happens to me in life. And again, I always preserve the guilty uh, so that they can go away without a face of shame. And I talk about the experience Mm -hmm. with myself involved. There could be millions of people in the world. And I'm like, this is what happened. And and here's something that happened to me. Uh, You know, being president of my chamber here in a small local town. uh, They're very controlling. And I remember uh, when I took this chamber over, oh gosh, many years ago, over five years ago, it was going down the tubes, Marcus. I mean, going down the tubes. And then it basically almost pretty much stopped. A few people had the books. And then what I noticed is that nobody wanted to do anything anymore. And I'm like, well, why? So stupid me, I stepped up to the plate and I said, well, gee, let me. You know, take the ball where they've left it. Maybe they lost energy, whatever. I wound up putting my own money in to fix things like um, sales taxes that shouldn't even be paying, back taxes to the to the IRS. And I say this not to brag, but when I got the chamber, everybody's like, "Well, you know, you got the chamber. You know, you're doing this all for yourself." And I was like, "Well, I'm doing this to help our community." And it was just very funny, Marcus, because. I'm doing this thing for the community. They all knew what a mess I inherited, but nobody told me or bothered to share with me what was going on. And then I remember uh, a head official in the town calling me to his office to have lunch. Of course, he wasn't gonna buy me lunch. That's just a figure of speech. Come and sit across from my desk. And I hope you've already ate lunch because I already had lunch before. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so why do you ask me to come to lunch i mean that just like so what happened marcus as i'm sitting there and i might have shared this before but i think it's apropos here and he says to me john he says you know what are you what are you ever gonna quit and i sat back in my chair and i and uh i said give me a minute and i said his title not his name i said give me a minute i said i want to be sure that i give you the exact minute hour second on the day, month, and year that I'm going to quit. So just give me a minute because I don't want to lie to you. Mm. And I'm thinking and I'm doing this and he's very like, you could tell he's in gamma because he's like, he's intrigued that I'm about to quit. I'm about to surrender, which is what he's waiting for. And uh, I very casually get back in my chair and I said such as I said, I'm going to give up. It's like all perking up. When... It's like like, like like he's like, yes, 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 we're gonna get the goal. A little baby boy or a little baby girl tells their parents they don't want to walk anymore. He's giving me all these funny faces. Right? Yeah. Like, weird weird faces. And I was like, and he's then he's stroking his you know chin like this and yeah, he's very perplexed, but he doesn't know what's going on or what's about to hit him. Comes back to me, says, when the blank is that? And I said to him, well, I think you're a parent, right? You have a few kids. And he says, yes. I said, OK, well, let me ask you a question. Then. When did your children ever tell you that they didn't want to learn to walk anymore? he goes back into this very gazed look and he's thinking and he's thinking and he's thinking for like a couple minutes mm-hmm. in real deep thought comes back and he says the words never i sit back in my chair and i said you know said this title i always knew that you were an intelligent man and would give me the right answer he looks right in my face He says, John, you're arrogant. Now get the blank out of my office. And ever since that day, we've had this cat and mouse, or what I like to call uh, Jekyll and Hyde moments. Some days, he will appease me when the public is around. Other days, he will just be rude to me when no one's around. And then he has like his, I'll call them your mascots or your um, finger puppets. I guess you want to call it, I don't you really want to call it. And even just a, pa- a few months ago, I sent an application in for use of a field to the one of the head people that runs the field. And there's a whole process, it takes three months. I applied and did the whole thing I needed to do, filled everything out, did everything. And uh, I wait a couple months and uh, we're having this meeting somewhere, and we're about to have a meeting about something else. And I go to this building, which I've already reserved for another occasion, which is before right. this big event. And what happens, Marcus, is I get there, and we're having like this pizza and social. And uh, I see all these people. I say, oh, you're coming to my event? And they're like, oh, no, no, we're here for the such-and-such townsman. I was like, oh, um, well, my event starts at 7 they said well, our event starts at six thirty. They said, "I said, well, how long's your event?" Oh, our event's a couple hours. I said, "Well, it seems like our events are gonna kind of get in entangle each other." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like that. I talked to the one person there who's ready to just you know throw the fork at me. She goes, "Sean, what the?" She was nice. What are "You doing here?" I said, "Well." I have a reservation from the reservation specialist. And if you look on my phone, it says right here. She said, well, you can't be here. Well, why not? Well, because we're here. Wow. I said, but I made this reservation three months ago. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but we're always here. So I'm sitting a little further back. And she's like, well, you're going to have to go somewhere else. I said, Well, where am I going to go? Like, there's no other way to go. Well, you know, go in the kitchen or go somewhere else. like, okay, can I go in there now? She's like, no, your people aren't here yet. Okay, well, I guess I'll just go meet them outside. Yeah, you need to go outside. This is a private meeting. You're not invited. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, so I go outside and I wait. I said, we have a little bit of conundrum here. And that is that I booked this three months in advance, but somebody just decided to just book it again without even checking with the person that books the room because- They're high and mighty. Mm -hmm. We walk in and I said, can I just go into the kitchen? Yeah, 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 go, go, go. Please don't bother us. Just go, go, go. And meanwhile, the pizza comes and the other food comes and they're getting pissed because food's showing up, ice cream cake's coming, and everybody's all like looking and I'm getting there and I'm talking. And you see them like paying more attention to my meeting than their meeting. (laughs) And at the end of the meeting, I said to, uh, when our meeting was uh basically over and their meeting was still almost was almost wrapping up I said to the one lady there I said look I said you know I said I'm not a bad guy I said I've been doing this for a while I could use a little bit of your support could I have a meeting with you she says yeah sure sure call me and we'll set something up I said I'll say an email
0: don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare. 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
1: Oh, uh I, I so let's go do lunch. She doesn't want to do lunch. That's the mm. first thing. When they they don't want you to be on neutral ground, see that's a bad, bad thing. I always like to be on, on mutual ground.
2: Yeah. Where we of both have a
1: fair stake. You know, we don't want to meet at a council building, which is no. not really that's not really fair. So I mentioned a local place and she's well, I can meet you at the town hall at one o'clock. Oh. All right, so I confirm the meeting. She comes back to me, literally a day for, oh, John, my week is getting way too busy. I can't meet you this week. Mm. Do you have any availability next week? Yes, I do the same day, at the same time. I guess the same place. She says, well, I'll let you know if that when that room is available. I checked with the people just to see for my own if the room was available. The room was available all day. Mm-hmm. The morning comes, nobody confirms with me or anything. I call up and I say, we have a meeting at one o'clock. She's like, well, she's in another meeting. I'll have her call you back when she gets back. Okay. I get an email after I get off the phone. Not a phone call, an email. Uh, I just checked. The conference room is not going to be free until 2.30. Wow. Con- confirmed. I'm sitting there. Walks in. And I always tell you, if you're on time, you're late. She walks in fuddling with her phone at 2.30 puts her mask on, comes in the room. And within a matter of moments, she says to me, John, you know, why are we here? I said, well, we're here to try to see if we can work together as a team. Because I feel being a chamber and you being head of the things in town, I figured just be a natural cohesion. And she comes right out at me. She says, well, you don't do everything for our town. I said, well, during COVID, I did allow it to everyone around. And I don't typically do that now, but I don't I don't discriminate or not allow people. I just don't go canvassing for them. I try right. to get people in the town first. She's like, oh, and you charge for your events, don't you? Yeah. Well, I don't support things when we charge. And I was like, I was just mm-hmm. looking for a little bit of support of yours. If we could maybe work together on an event. Well, what kind of event? I said, I don't know yet. She says, well, when you're specific enough, then you can get back to me. I said, well, I was just hoping we could have a dialogue to figure out where we could work together. Well, we don't promote other events. You know, we don't promote other companies. We're not a company. <laughs> We're a charity. Yeah, we we just don't do that. You know, we, we don't support those kind of things. Oh. So uh, I start digging a little bit. And I say to the person, I say, you know, I said, what is here? What is this like a political thing? Like, what's going on here? Because I feel like there's like this group here that feels like they're entitled and it's like they suddenly get by a building and they're like, Oh no, no, we don't allow that here. Well, I'm not saying you allow it. I'm just saying that people give money and then they just kind of throw it in people's face. Well, we don't support that here. I'm like, oh, Okay. You don't support it. That's, that's fine. I just want to, how we can work together and like, just kind of, you know, do things as, as, a, as a group, because we're a great resource, well, what do you want to do? Well, I was hoping we could work with the kids and then we'd get to the parents. Well, I don't handle that. Well, you handle the sports fields, don't you? Yeah, but I don't get involved with the parents. <laughs> well, how do you get them involved? Well, I just deal with the students. Like she's like steering me around this thing to hang myself.
2: Basically, that's what it what it looks like, and it's disgusting.
1: And and then what I said, um, after I got through this whole thing, I I said, you know, I, I was telling her how some people are, you know, they, they they not that you don't support us, but you don't really, you don't go against us, but you really aren't supporting us. She said, well, we can't. We're two totally different entities. We're a town and you're a company. Yeah, but it's not my company you're supporting. It's our charity. Mm-hmm. And she's still being nasty to me. And before I know it, we're talking and she says, you're really meeting with the wrong person. You should be meeting with the administration. So well, I want to meet with you because you handle these programs. Yeah, well, I'm an employee of the, tent- the borough, and and I don't get involved with this. I don't make these decisions. This doesn't even seem like a meeting you and I should be having. why so, I figured you'd be a great person. You do all the activities. like Yes, but, but I can't approve any of this. I said, and when you do grand openings, shouldn't that be done by the chamber? Like that's something we do together. She threw that right back in my face you charge to be a member. And I didn't know what to do markets at that point. And I said, oh, you know, God help me. Mm-hmm. And before I know it, this thing that was starting so nicely had just blew up. And she said to me, um, suddenly she comes out of the blue because I guess she's getting cornered. I wasn't being nasty. We're sitting pretty far with masks and everything. John, I'm feeling very uncomfortable in this meeting. But what do you mean? I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And and I said, well, I'm not harming you, am I? No, no, but I'm just feeling very uh, uncomfortable. You're attacking me. You're attacking the people or employees. I said, I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just stating to Yeah, I, I'm going to end this meeting now. So the meeting's over. Mm, mm, mm. I, the meeting's over. Yeah, the meeting's over. Okay, well, I guess thank you for your time and the reason I bring this up is that there are these people that, I don't know, they, they just listen to the station, and it's called W-I-I-F-M. Now, in terms of a town, it's a little bit different because you're listening to almost what one person's music is playing. Right. And, and I feel that what you're representing is not the whole body. And then I came back to say, you know, I don't even feel welcome here. And I didn't know what to say. But when she told me that the meeting was over, I didn't fight it. But I was just like, like saying myself, I'm like, seriously? (laughs) And they think that they do us good. But my whole point was that if you're going to do grand openings, that's something the chamber does. Like, that's something we do. And I don't want to say you're stepping on our toes, but you're kind of stepping on our toes here.
2: It's causing a lot of confusion. That's what it's doing.
1: And um, she, she says, yeah, she says, you really shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, and I said, you know, I'm going to get what I need, whether I have your support or not. But it would just be nice to work with you as a team. Yeah. But it was just a very bad thing because, and the reason I bring this to point is when somebody gets a perspective on something, a perspective in life it's like they don't understand the other perspective openly because they've been brainwashed. I call that tunnel vision and they can't change the perspective. And when you can't change the perspective and you don't even want to. So what I said is I basically extended an olive branch and I felt like it got lit on fire. And then at the end of my whole presentation, I was berated by the statement, letting me know that, uh, they received several complaints from me and that uh, I needed to get a permit to film. And I was like, I I don't get when you're trying to do something good for somebody, Marcus, I don't get how it can backfire in your face. That's what that's what just blows me up.
2: Yeah, it's, it's totally not fair. And, you know, what we're learning today in today's time is that when you work with other people, uh, you really gotta be. If you can't assess what their values are, and uh, how they deal with people, you know you're gonna be set yourself up for failure, uh, and, and and headaches in the long run.
1: And you can't. I guess the other thing I'm learning is too is that you can't, you can't expect other people to help you.
2: No. no.
0: Oh. And, and I
1: le- I let I led in the meeting with this. I said, you know, I said I've helped every single person around here. Yeah. I do all these great things. And when I ended the meeting, and I said to her when she just before we ended the meeting, I said I'm a first responder and all these things I said, I have great intentions. She's like, I don't know what your intentions are.
2: Mm.
1: Now I thought that was hurtful. I'm yeah. a first responder. And you said, Well, I don't know why you're I don't know why you did that. Like I don't know why you, I don't know what your purpose is. It's like they have their own agenda.
2: Yeah.
1: But you can't win somebody like that. Unfortunately. So my thing is, you got to win over the people. If you got enough people that you won over, then what are they going to do?
2: Say, we don't want you. Yeah, if you if you got that, (laughs) that support, you know, um, at that point, then they're just they're saying no to you and, you know, everybody else. And it's a little bit hard to say no to you and everybody else. So you go I leave you that, to you, I leave that to you guys
1: as a lesson. Uh, yeah. But I also leave that to you as a stepping stone because you don't want to get discouraged when somebody rains on your parade or, you know, when somebody decides to pour water on your ice cream. That's right. <laughs> you just have to realize or like spilt milk. You have to just pick yourself up and you have to move forward and do whatever you need to do. But you have to learn from the lesson. And not harbor the negative experience that we get a lot of times in life and just learn from the lesson, keep the lesson, but throw everything else, burn everything else. Right. Was there useless? Well, our next guest is definitely not useless. He's an amazing gentleman. And uh, I had the chance to have a pre call with him before, and um, he's absolutely amazing. His name is uh, Brigadier Sushil. And uh, uh, Brisson I always say his name wrong. Uh, Brig Shashil Brisson, and he actually um, is coming to us from India. Hmm. Uh, we had connected on LinkedIn a little while ago, and you know what he does is very interesting. He talks about time consciousness, and when I first had reached out to him and thought he'd be a great guest, he wasn't sure, and I gave him some you know, things about why I wanted to be a guest and we had our pre-call. But what's very interesting about him is that he is a time investment strategist. You say that a hundred times fast. Um, he is a speaker trainer author uh, is what he considers himself in the STA, the speaker trainer author space. Uh, he is a uh, TEDx keynote speaker. Uh, he's done corporate trainings. Uh, but again, he is also, which I think you're going to find really interesting, is he wrote a book. Uh, he wrote a book, New York best, um, uh, bestseller, Million Dollar Second. Hmm. And there's a very interesting thing about him is is that time is what he talks about. And what we're going to learn today in the interview, hopefully the questions that I'm going to ask him, uh, because I did read his amazing book. And, and we'll have a link to that uh, when the, the show gets transcribed and put back on the site. Time is a very precious asset that you and I have every single day. The problem is a lot of people abuse time. And once you abuse time, you can never get that time back. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the Jay Moore Tech Talk show tonight, uh, Mr. Briggs, Shashiel, uh, Brisson, who's actually uh, from the Army, and a lot of what he is going to talk to us about comes from those uh, disciplines that he was so fortunate to be part of. Again, please welcome him to our stage, uh, Mr. Briggs, Shashil Rasan. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome once again to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. I am very pleased to have uh, our guests with us here tonight to talk to us about a very interesting book that he recently published, uh, The Million Dollar Second. And he talks to us a lot about time. Uh, Welcome to the show, um, uh, Brigadier.
3: How are you tonight? I am very well. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. I'm so grateful. It is our pleasure.
1: Well, listen, when we talk about any type of book, or any type of creative work, I have to ask you, uh, a break. what was your inspiration
3: for wanting to write this particular book? So what happened, John, was that uh, I, I was born in a very simple middle-class family, but one thing about my parents was that they taught me discipline right from the childhood. Everything had to happen at a particular time. There was a time for sleeping. There was a time for waking up. There was a time for breakfast and you couldn't be late. And my father was very particular. And then I was only about 10 when I went to a military school and uh, there it became even tougher. And then I went to the National Defense Academy and then uh, Indian Military Academy during my training. And then as an officer of the Indian Army, So at every stage, it was becoming more and more strict and the value of time was being highlighted. When I decided to step out of the army and came into the corporate world, I saw there was a vast change. The corporate uh, executives who came to my camp for a corporate training would take it very easy. If they said they had to come at nine, they came at 10. And then they would settle down to breakfast very leisurely with not even a sense of urgency that they need to hurry up because they've already lost one hour. But when it came to 5 p.m., they all wanted to be very punctual in leaving the camp. And that got me irritated. I also found that, you know, I used to do team building, leadership and team building. And they would ask me or I would ask them, what do you want to be covered? And they won't give me exact answers. And finally, what I found was that they would give me uh, time management is certainly one of the criteria of team management. And therefore, I started working on some of the army principles or the cultures that we had used and started using it in corporate world. And I started uh, discovering that it's working there as well. And that's the time I thought, why not put all my experiences together and put them in the form of a book? So that is where the idea came from.
1: Brilliant idea, uh, Brigadier. Brilliant idea. You know, uh, as you all know, whenever I have a guest on the show, I'm one of the very few that actually takes the time to read the entire author's book from cover to cover, which is why when they um, reach out to me, which uh, Brigadier actually did uh, several months ago, I don't put them on the air right away. Uh, we do have a backlog, but also it takes me time to read these books and you know digest them. And uh, I read a lot of books, so I get to get a firsthand look. But one thing that was very interesting about this book, you know, lots of times authors have tributes. And this one, um, was very interesting because uh, a brigadier had a relative, his nephew, Rohan uh, Kushwaha, And he actually died at the age of 17. Tell us a little bit about uh, him, a brigadier.
3: So this is my first cousin's son. Uh, they are in uh, uh, settled in New York for the last about, I think, 30, 40 years or whatever. And uh, so I have met him very little only when I went to uh, New York somewhere in 2010, 11. I've seen him as a young boy. Now what happened was that he at the age of 15 had a uh, brain hemorrhage sort of thing. And uh, he was uh, sort of going into that illness. He got to know about it. And probably he knew that his uh days were limited anyway uh they struggled a lot they did everything they could they got all the possible medical attention but somewhere uh they could not save him and he left us when he was 17. after he had died uh, a lot of things were being discovered one uh, one after another whether from his uh, cupboard or from his notebooks or So there was a board, if I am not uh, mistaken, on which he had scribbled a few things, which didn't mean anything. And later on, my uh, cousin discovered a diary in which he had written certain things and they got correlated. And then they found, they went through his emails and they found that he had written a book which he has sent to very many publishers and none of them had really found it worth publishing but when now everything was put together we discovered that he when he realized that he's not going to live long put all his thoughts into a novel which now we are trying to get published and uh, so i thought the thought that came to my mind was that we say very short life he lived but i think in 17 years he probably lived a more quality life than many people would live in 50 to 60 years. And that's why I paid the tribute to the writer in him who discovered that and wrote that. So that, that is, was a,
1: that, that That is really nice and, and very kind. And I'm sure he's uh, looking down at us now and uh, saying thank you. Uh, in many many ways so um, our blessings uh, to him and to your family and and again sorry for the loss so many many years ago Uh, I know there's probably a lot that's in them and people always say you know uh, don't die with the music in you and I think it's great that you're trying to get the book published what is the topic uh, of his book that he's trying to get published
3: it was artificial intelligence
1: very interesting
3: Right. So it was something where he had used his creativity and artificial intelligence. He had imagined what the world could be after many years. And that was a fiction, uh, a piece of fiction, where his imagination, creativity was shown up.
1: Amazing. You know, there's a lot of points in the book. And there's there's uh, one that comes to mind around page uh, 31, and we'll have a link to the book, incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, that you can click on the link from our, our site once uh, the site is actually uh, uh, transcribed. For those of you that don't know, we actually take the entire show, and my team actually goes through, and not only do we have the video again, but we transcribe the entire show so that people that uh, maybe are not able to hear can actually read uh, the entire show. Um, broadcast. So it's just something we're trying to do for those uh, that are not able uh, to get the show in their ear. And it also helps with Google rankings too.
0: Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
3: So
1: when we say, how busy are you? You know, a lot of people always say I'm busy, right? You probably hear this break, right? They say, I'm busy, I'm busy. Or they put so much time down on paper. I'm busy. Like, I'm really busy. Don't bother me. I'm busy. I'm very busy. Okay. But at the end of the day or the end of the week, you ask them, are you busy generating revenue? or are you just busy making yourself busy and i think a lot of people you probably can agree with this uh uh uh, brigadier is that people make themselves busy and appear busier than they are but they're not getting anything done productively it's almost like they're they're sabotaging themselves because they're so busy i know that when i am busy if i want to meet with somebody no matter how busy i am i make time to meet with that person so I think uh, this really speaks something very important about time management. Uh, Give us a little sum up of your thoughts about uh, what I'm reflecting on here.
3: Absolutely. What you said was so right. Actually, I even say that people pretend to be busy or they think they are busy and they're doing all sorts of things without even realizing what are they getting out of it. So I learned this lesson way back from my brother-in-law who was also in the army. And he was in an assignment which really kept him very, very busy. That was everyone's perception. So I, I was appearing for an examination and he had already done that. So I wanted some help if he could, you know, do my correction of my or evaluate my assignments and give me a feedback as to what needs to be improved. Very, very hesitatingly, I asked him, I said, brother, can you help? Uh, I don't know whether I should ask you or not. Uh, And I know you are a very busy person, but this is what I need. And do you know what he said, John? He said, why did you hesitate in asking? I said, because I know you're so busy. He says, you know what it means? It means priority. When I say I'm busy, I actually,
2: actually. we might have lost your audio,
1: Brigadier. You you went mute there a second.
3: Okay. okay, looks like you're back. <laughs> uh, should I uh, speak again or you want me well, to? Well,
1: we got what you were saying about uh, priority and then I think you went
3: out. Okay. So what he said was that when you say I'm busy, you actually mean that I, I it doesn't fit into my priority, which means that your work is not as important as my work. But he says, I know that what you're wanting to do is so important that I will switch my priorities and do your work first. And from that day, I understood that when I tell people I'm busy, I'm giving an indication that I don't think your job is important enough.
1: That's a very uh, well-spoken statement. And you know, a lot of people in life, they just do tasks every day, but they don't seem to have a systematic order. I know whether we're doing marketing or my IT company is writing an app, everything has to have a priority uh, from which projects are important to even the grander level of what needs to be taken care of from semantics to things that work, but things that are just minor bugs. So you have to prioritize And so I also think that when something gets to the final um, production line, you have to make sure that if you had all these wish lists, that everything that you really need is in there, even if you cut out half of it, because the priority of having something that doesn't look professional or work professionally, can really be a problem. But I'd say something else to that. Every day, whether it's COVID or whether it's anything, people are busy. And what I mean by that is they pretend to be busy. Social media is a perfect example. You post something and you don't get response immediately, do you? People are busy, right? Uh, The challenge is that people think that what they're working on is more important than what you're working on. Now, not that what they're working on is not important, but people don't open up their eyes to even give others a chance. They never take a chance to to get that few seconds in their mind unless it's something that's going to help them directly. And and I've noticed, uh, Brigadier, a lot of people are selfish when it comes to being busy. What do you feel about that?
3: Absolutely. I think you said something so right, which means that, you see, when I don't respect your time and I'm so self-centered, that everything is working around my priority and my time. Uh, And, um, you know, even after writing this book, there are some videos I've done which are there on YouTube where like a lot of feedback came and a lot of discussions happened. I realized more and more of the respect for each other's time. That it's not only my time. I should also know how my time impacts other people and how other people's time also impacts me. So if I know that I have a friend who's always late, I would not even dare to have an appointment fixed with him where my time is crucial. Or I would know that this person is not to be taken seriously. So if you respect each other's time, that is very important. And also consider that his priority, if important, May sometimes override your priority. And that switching of the importance of whose priority is important right now is something that we can't be neglecting.
1: I agree 100 percent, Brigadier. You know, during the pandemic, I think a lot of people that we're meeting virtually, uh, and we've got some of it still happening, I think they believe that because they can just get out of their bed or they're in their office and they don't have to go too far, that it's not a priority for them. And so we adopted a philosophy a while back that when someone schedules an appointment for someone on my staff or myself, if they miss an appointment, it's okay. And then they schedule another appointment, a team member reaches out to them and says, just want to let you know you had an appointment with this person uh, last time at this time, you didn't show up. I understand you rescheduled one. I hope everything's okay and it's not an emergency. We just wanna let you know that if you don't show up this time, you're not gonna be able to book an appointment with us for 30 days. If you don't show up the third time, you will never be able to book an appointment with us ever again. I think the problem, Brigadier, is everyone just feels that because you're online, you could do whatever the heck you want. And I think it's just as important to be on time when you're in person or you're virtual. Like you said, you're still demonstrating respect. My um, parents always taught me to be on time, but someone else taught me something very interesting, Brigadier, and you'd appreciate this, uh, being from the Army. So, you know, you get up early. uh, At this time, I was getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I was taking a trip. And I had used a, a new limo company to go to the airport. This was many, many years ago. I was actually probably in grammar school. And um, my uh, parents and I were all going away on a trip. And so uh, I got up in the morning and the car was supposed to be there, I'm gonna say it's six o'clock to be at the airport in plenty of time. Well, I got up at five and at 5.30, we're still finishing to get ready. And we see a car outside a minute later they ring the doorbell. And I was like, did we say six o'clock? So I said the gentleman, I said, "Um, I think we said six o'clock. Oh no, you did, you said six o'clock. I'm just early. Oh, I said, you're like a half hour, 45 minutes early. That's right, because in my business, when you're on time, you're late.
3: Yeah, we've been using this phrase in the army. So if you're called at eight o'clock, if you are there at five to eight, you are okay. If you come at uh, two minutes to eight, you are late. <laughs> yeah, I I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you another very very interesting story here. I was sure. still serving in the army, and I decided to leave the army, but I was still there. And because I decided to start a school, there was a school which had come up in Mumbai, which was a very high quality school, and I wanted to go and meet the principal. And sort of get an idea of what makes that school so great. So I came to Mumbai, which I'm not used to. And I didn't know the traffic. There were no no, uh, Ubers that time. And there was no GPS that time. So I got an appointment with her at uh, 11 o'clock. And uh, when I was about half an hour distance, according to my estimate, there was such a lot of traffic jam there that I couldn't couldn't do anything. So I called her up and I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, there's so much of traffic here. It (laughs) looks difficult that I'll be able to make it. Now, my training was that if you are not able to make it for reasons beyond your control, at least you tell that person so that that person can do something else in the meanwhile and is not sitting idly waiting for you. you. She gets some time to readjust whatever she's doing. She says, no problem, Brigadier, come anytime you want. If you come at uh, 10 past 11, you can meet me for 20 minutes because the appointment was for half an hour, 11 to 11.30. If you come at 11.15, you'll get 15 minutes. If you come at 11.25, you'll get five minutes. And if you come at 11.30, my next meeting would have started. <laughs> it took me just another couple of minutes when I saw a break in the center uh, pave I asked the cab driver to take a U-turn because I now realize I cannot be there till 11.30 so I took a U-turn and came back home but I came back with a lesson I've never been late thereafter what I do now is like what you said I'll be there half an hour earlier I will open my laptop I'll now you can do a lot of things on phone but I used to open my laptop check my mails I will I will rather spend that time in that person's office so that no more traffic can stop me from being on time.
1: Another story I have, uh, you know, I just finished reading your book uh, a few days ago, and a day before I got to the chapter, I thought it was very, uh, you know, a synchronistic. About yeah, a day before I hadn't read this chapter in your book yet, but. I do a a motivational tip every day. And I was doing my extended on LinkedIn and I was doing S for systematic. And I had talked about 86,400 seconds. You know, that's what we all get in a day. And it's funny because the next day that was the chapter I read in your book. I said, I just did that. It was like, it was like deja vu. And so the thing I want to leave with everybody is that 86,400 seconds, that's the amount of seconds we all get that we all get 24 hours in the day. Okay, depending on how much time you sleep, uh, we all get four or five weeks a month and we all get about 52 weeks a year, give or take vacation time. But the question, like you're saying, Brigadier, with time. How does because, you know, I do a lot of things for entrepreneurs and business owners and whatnot. How does a business owner, this is the question I asked my audience, how does a business owner become more profitable when he or she only has eighty six thousand foreign seconds? How does the other company, you know, become more? And what I told everyone is you have to create systems. Uh, Systems can be technology. They can be uh, using people, but they're systems. They're a way that others learn how you're doing something. And then you repeat that process. I call that a system. And so when you could do that, that's one way. The other way is, you have to then decide when is it time to bring more people in. Now that you have systems in place and you nearly need some people, you need to realize that people need to start becoming part of that system and being able to duplicate it. If I brought somebody in here, let's say, uh, that never did photography in their life, and I train them and I use a system, now every single photo we produce will have the same quality output. Because they're using a system. Well, in terms of being profitable and and being like the bigger guys, you have to realize that you start small and then you take your system and then you amplify it. If it works on this part, then you take it and apply it to this part, assuming it's the same demographics. I think the problem with a lot of people is that they see 86,400 seconds or so many hours. I can't get it done. You're right. You can't get it done yourself. That's why you need a system and you need people to help you carry out that system. How do you feel about that, uh, Brigadier?
3: So there's some very great thought about that. And it is probably an extension of the book. It, it is not in the book, it's come later. Uh, you know, John, when I uh, went to any company to do my corporate training, and uh, of course I do in leadership and teamwork, I found one that nobody ever takes, you know, time as a resource. So I started doing this experiment. I I would ask a company, what are the resources that you have at your disposal to do your business? And whatever they said, I would put on a flip chart. And there would be from money to infrastructure to even goodwill to even people. But no one ever, not even once ever, somebody said time. And then I asked them, I said, Are you not aware of this resource called time? And this is the only resource, the only resource that is absolutely equivalent to your competitor's resource. One resource that we have in common as an individual, whether you are a president or you are a cab driver, you still have 86,400 seconds. Your company and his company has the same amount of resource. And the second thing about this resource is, This is the only predictable resource. I don't know what the market will be like. I don't know what the service will be like or how the things will change in my business. But I know one thing that next month, next year, even after 100 years, the day will still have 24 hours. Can we use these two things profitably in our business? So the second thing that got carried on after this was I still remember I was doing a training and that was on time management for a general insurance company and the MD of the company was also sitting there right in the front on the table. And I asked him, I said, sir, how many hours do you devote of your day to your company or how many hours do you give to your company every day? So he said eight hours, but I'm productive five hours. I said, that's very nice of you and very courageous of you to say that. But tell me, you said that you would be responsible officially for eight hours a day. He said, yes. I said, how many people report to you? So he said some figure, but I said, okay, let's round it off to thousand. He said, yes. I said, how many hours do they work every day? He said, eight hours. I said, are you managing eight hours or are you managing 8,000 hours a day? This is compounding of time. Now I told him, sir, you said that you are productive five hours a day. And let's say if I can help you and train you to increase your productivity from five hours to six hours. And if I also take with you, your first level of reportee, say five, 10, whatever number of people you have, And everyone's productivity is increased slightly. Would you believe that it will increase the productivity of the entire company? Because these productive people will get more productivity out of their subordinates. He said, yes. I said, sir, that is compounding of time. Exactly. Then I'm, I I'm say- getting
1: I'm getting I'm getting a, a message from our production team. We do have to wrap up uh, as we are just about time. I do want to thank you uh, for coming to our show. And it's a great book, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a link for you to check out the book. There's also some spots where people can go in and actually review uh, kind of their homework. Uh, and actually put the time in, no pun intended, put the time in to actually work on their time management. Uh, So ladies and gentlemen, uh, I hope you have uh, enjoyed this. Uh, Brigadier, we really appreciate, first of all, uh, you sending me the book uh, and having the privilege to be able to read it and impart some of your knowledge and bring you here on the show so that uh, many of our viewers as well as Princeton's uh, community uh, could learn a lot about time because I think everyone in this world definitely needs to learn more about how they can be more useful at managing their time.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. And I'm very grateful to you.
1: You're very welcome. The Army
3: (laughs) Army way, salute. Thank you so much. And uh, we, we thank you
1: and wish you, we wish you all the best of your success. And if you have another book down the road, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to uh, invite you back and, and, and talk about that as well.
3: Surely. I've just co-authored a book with Michael Podolinsky, who is one of the known Asia's guru in productivity.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, reach out to him. And uh, we'd be happy to have both of you on the show. We do do two two people on the show, so reach out to him um, and uh, send us a copy of that, and uh, we'll get you both on the show. Thank Thank you. you.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, Marcus, what did you think of uh, Mr. Shishio?
2: Well, you know, that's some pretty intense stuff. And, you know, once again, you know, thank him for his service, you know, from fellow, you know, uh, military veteran to another military veteran. So, you know, very intense stuff. I, I, I definitely enjoyed the interview. It was great.
1: It was an amazing interview, and we could peel all around the world. But you know, the thing yeah. that really latched with me the most, and I want to bring it up again in case our viewers missed it.
0: Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
3: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And that is the word busy. Have you ever heard people say, Marcus, are you busy? Yeah, you hear it all the time. (laughs) I'm busy. You're busy. Um, And the thing is, most people, Marcus, are not busy. Now, if you're busy, well, that's fine. God bless you. Okay? And more power to you. But people are not busy. It's like they appear to be busy so they seem more important yeah now he brought a very interesting point up that I want to reemphasize he was working on a project and his uh, relative he knew was extremely busy and he was almost finished with the project like nearing the end and he was telling his relative about it and he's like i think it was almost done with it basically he says, Why didn't you ask for my help? He said, well, I always know you're so busy. He came back and he said, look, he says, busy, yes. Busy means that I prioritize my life. So when somebody says they're busy, I'm busy, you're busy, we're all extremely busy. But you know what busy people do, successful busy people do? They know how to prioritize their life and their time and put the people in it they want to talk and collaborate with. That's true. So if I have to meet with somebody at dawn time or whatever, but I don't let people get in that circle that are going to abuse my time. Absolutely. And we do the same thing here on our talk show. We bring people in that we know we're going to utilize our time to the fullest extent. And again, I want to thank you so much for your service. Uh, 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 Brigadier, it was really an honor to speak with you and, uh, to get your book and to read it. A Million Dollar Second is an amazing, amazing book. And again, we'll have a link about that. Now, Marcus, uh, we talk about Amazon a lot. And I want to say two things about Amazon. So, you know, they make mistakes sometimes. I'm sure you've never noticed this. <laughs> yeah. uh, I lost like an $800, $900 drone. They had to replace it for me. The guy just drops it off in the middle of my parking lot at 10 o'clock at night when no one's here. In the middle of the parking lot, not even at our door, like in the parking lot, the next morning it disappears. It's no surprise, right? Yeah. So I've returned maybe or asked for refunds on four things in a year. Okay. Not a lot. I got a letter yesterday from Amazon's customer service telling me they are severely concerned about my account and they've noticed that i've had several uh, refunds and replacements in the past year and unfortunately if this continues we may have to close your account i very politely respond to them dear amazon customer service team um, the only reason i've requested these refunds is because your drivers have been incapable of of delivering them to a human being and validating that it's received and not just dropping it in a parking lot or delivering it to a number that's dyslexic to the number that we really are at. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Mr. Morley, for conveying those points to us. Uh, your account is indeed still open, but we must uh, make you aware that it could be closed at any time for further returns or refunds. Now that's just jacked
2: that's very jacked up man you know uh if if we there's can, another
1: company like that too uh yeah. fiverr i've known so many people if you just say the wrong thing on fiverr that counts as a strike against you if you get yep. too many strikes you know what they do they close your account
2: yeah they definitely show
1: shut you down you know, um, they don't let you reopen either. Yeah, so people just yeah. open other accounts and different names, and hopefully they don't catch them. But it, it, it's just really wacky. This customer service. I remember using them one time. I don't use them often. And I said to them, um, "I know a friend that had gotten his accounts in So I just want to ask a question. Is it okay if I ask this question?" Yeah, you can ask the question. I'm not asking it yet. I want to. Is it okay to ask the question? Because he was just asking a question. And he got suspended. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow. something's messed up with that,
2: right? Yeah, you know, you, you wonder who's who's operating these community standards, who's monitoring these things, you know. Um, well, they're out of,
1: where are they out of? They're out of uh, another country. Is it Australia, yeah. or New Zealand? They're out of some other country. Where, where, where's Fiverr based at? I'm trying to remember, where, where's Fiverr's headquarters?
2: Yeah, and, I know they're um, out of the country. You know, they're, they're definitely not in the country here. Yeah.
1: It, it's funny how everybody you know, latches on to these places. Oh, they're in Israel. That's where it is. Tel Aviv, Yafo, Israel. I knew it was one of those places that were way, way out of the boondocks.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I understand that you want to keep a culture, right? But what yeah. I don't understand is um, when you don't keep it to the right level. And today what I was explaining to you guys about my little challenge uh, that happened a few days ago is really discrimination. Now we hear about it a lot with race, religion. Sometimes we hear about sexual orientation, but we don't oftentimes hear about it when it has to do with a difference of opinion. That's still discrimination. It is. I think it's discrimination of power. I think the others are very easy to tack on and say, hey, you know, yes, we're discriminating against you. But this, now we're not really discriminating. And I remember that when I, I cited an incident that happened, and I said, um, so what is the town's way when you just don't agree with them, they just suddenly send out uh, lawyer toilet paper and threaten you? And that's when I was told that the meeting was getting very uncomfortable. It wasn't pinned to that person. But I always say this, Marcus, if you're going to take that kind of a comment – and be so defensive. You're in the cookie jar. If you're like, well, you know, John, I, I, I can understand where you're coming from. I don't know why that happened. I'm very sorry for you. Instead of, well, you know, I don't like your tone of voice. And I don't like that you're putting people down. And I'm well, not putting people down. I'm just, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just feeling a little uncomfortable. Maybe because you're one of the people that are doing it to me. I didn't say that, but I think what I was saying hit home to the person.
2: Right. And that's, that's normally how it is. If it, you know, if they get that up in arms about it and very offensive, offensive about it, you know, it's it's usually the truth. The truth usually hurts.
1: I always say, uh, Marcus, the truth will set you free, but you can't always ask these people to help you because for whatever reason, They just have their own agenda. And I honestly think it's a power trip.
2: Yeah.
1: I think it's a power trip. Because when I started and I said, I don't need to have all the power. Right away, it was like, well, I don't need it. It was like, right away, I don't need the power either. Mm -hmm. If you didn't care about the power, you'd be like, all right, well, you could take some. I could take some. and not." well, I don't want any of the power. Like, you're you're red-handed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I caught you with the gun. I caught you with the merchandise in your pocket. I mean, you're going to jail, you know, and, and and I left a clever remark. I said, I'm glad to see security stepping up around here. What do you mean? I said, she said, I said, what do you mean? The police department? I said, no. I said, I see we're getting new cameras uh, outside the building. I said, and all the doors now are all access control. I said, wow. I said, oh, I didn't even notice it. You didn't notice it. So it's like, not much misses my eyes, but when I bring them to people's attention, it's like they didn't even notice it. Well, I have one more interesting story. Uh, When we think about, uh, besides Amazon, we talked about what happens. Uh, Amazon is starting to bring in cashierless tech Mm -hmm. to whole food stores.
2: Yeah, what do you think I, about that? I think and they think they, long, I think they waited long enough to see a lot of other convenience stores do it, uh, to where they can, you know, see where they can do it, improve it.
1: The technology,
2: and I quote, is called
1: just quote walk out. <laughs> technology that allows shoppers to enter a store by scanning an app and exit without needing to stand a checkout line. Cameras and sensors track what items shoppers select and charge them when they leave. We've seen some examples of this. Yeah. I don't think um, this is 100% perfect. And we do know of some points where if people go to buy alcohol, where they have to be verified in person because the technology still cannot otherwise be liabilities. Uh, if you do returns that are too large. So there are some, some issues. Uh, it's almost like if you go to like your local, um, uh, let's say fast um, uh, merchandising store to, like for home products and stuff, you know, they have somebody there. They're paying minimum wage, and what wow. are they doing? They're there to make sure that you just pay and walk out. They have little red, yellow, and green lights. And they're oh yeah, press this button, press this button, press that button. Oh, have a nice day. They're they're not there to do anything more than that. And if you don't pay, oh sir, you didn't pay. Oh, I didn't pay. Oh, did you need help paying? Yes, I did. Oh, let me help you pay. It's like, I mean, mean, (laughs) this is the future. This is the future.
2: We're here. We have arrived, John.
1: (laughs) That's kind of what's happening. And I see these stores as being a new, uh, let's say, frontier. Uh, But these locations are going to employ a comparable number of team members as existing Whole Foods markets, stores of similar size. So they're doing a lot more. And I think the other issue I have about Amazon, I have to be honest with you. What happens when Amazon's bottom falls out?
2: It means everything else is going to fall out.
1: Well, this is my point, though, Marcus. Yeah. Um, You know, if Amazon is monopolizing everything, we got a serious problem.
2: Yeah, we do.
1: We got we got a serious problem. And I think uh, as consumers, as business owners, as thought leaders, as entrepreneurs, as innovators, we need to use technology that's not all Amazon. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, I know Amazon maybe didn't develop it. They're using a third party company, but I just feel like they got too many of their fingers in things.
2: Yeah.
1: And and there's just one point of failure when there should be multiple points of failure that could possibly happen. So that's, that's what I see there. And I think as we move on with Denver and lots of these other places uh, at several fresh grocery stores and the convenience stores, uh, the thing I think is going to be a problem though is going to be the human touch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The human touch. And I see these happening a lot in like... Uh, let's say VIP uh, suites, maybe um, luxury condo buildings. Yeah. That's where I see them. I don't see these in your senior citizen complex. I don't see these. I could see them in your hotel at Marriott or Courtyard or places like that, you know, or, or Holiday Inn Express or Holiday Inn Place. like I could see that. Uh, I would not venture to see these things at a McDonald's. Uh, we tried that look what happened several years ago they oh, yeah. realized that they it was going to cost them more money to retrofit the darn kitchen
2: okay it didn't work out
1: it didn't work out exactly so i think a lot of stuff is going to be happening and the last thing i want to tell you did you know what apple apple announced a new date
2: yeah uh so we we have the new date coming out um I know you'll be looking forward to um, to, to the unboxing for that.
1: I uh, don't know what's coming yet. I'm on the waiting list. It's actually, uh, they made the date September 14th, actually, uh, September 14th. And um, we're saying the iPhone 13 is supposed to release, um, meaning September 24th. So this is what's believed. I mean, it's only speculation because we don't have anything concrete. The phone is probably, most definitely, going to be showcased.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's not going to be available
2: to purchase until 24th. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been waiting long enough. I, I don't think uh, a few 10 days afterwards would be hurting anybody. No,
1: it- I, I don't think it is. And, and I think where they're going with it is going to be great. I was looking at some of the new features, and we'll, we'll talk about that on another show. There's some stuff happening. But I just feel... That there may not be enough. I mean, we always get new phones, but there may not be enough new technology in that
2: phone. Because
1: mm. a lot of technology I can get in my new iOS fifteen, I can get it on my phone when it comes out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I just feel that I almost feel like it's a, a Microsoft upgrade snow job. You know, like they're going <laughs> to another upgrade. Yeah. Just like we really don't have a reason. They haven't developed enough features to warrant the upgrade. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, and I think it was a, a lot of whiffy with, with the hype around this, the Samsung products that rolled out, and um, they feeling you know like they want to continue to establish uh, their stake in the mobile uh, area.
1: Yeah, that that's I guess that's what they're trying to do. We're gonna have to see what happens, Marcus. But I will definitely be doing an unboxing when that comes out, and uh, we'll be doing a pretty cool unboxing with that. We'll show all the things about it. We'll show the phone. Uh, we're also going to go through, because uh, a lot of people ask me this, we're actually going to go through a phone migration. Um, so we'll do an unboxing, then we'll do a phone migration, and then we're going to do a review. So we're going to do three three videos. First one will be an unboxing, then we'll do that migration, which always seems to cloud everybody. <laughs> no pun intended.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's needed. It's well needed.
1: Everything's stuck in the cloud, especially if you're like me and you keep all of your keys stored on two-factor authentication on your phone, you're going to be screwed big time if you don't properly take the steps I'm going to share with you. You're going to be spending days. You're probably never going to see the sun until maybe Christmas or next year, because you're just going to be spending that much time. How do I get my bank account back? How, How do I get my access to my games? Or how do I get my iTunes? Or how do I even get this? Or how do I play a song on the jukebox or how do I schedule a tea time? How do I get an open table? And many other things <laughs> that are going to frustrate people. Uh, and I think the I-13, to be honest with you, it's not for everybody. I think it's for the technology people like me <laughs> and other people that want to have new technology. I'm yeah. not expecting a majorly new renovation there's going to be a better camera and stuff like that but i'm not expecting earth shattering stuff yeah you know
2: yeah other than the camera i can't really fathom uh, anything else that's going to be uh, popping out about this thing that's not so different from the 12.
1: uh maybe some more gestures but we'll have to just wait and see Well, Marcus, we are at the top of our hour. I don't know where our time goes. Again, I want to thank Brig for his time with us on the show. And again, thank you for your service. And we'll tell you more about that great book and and how you can get that and how you can understand that the next time somebody asks you, are you busy? Or are you just placating people and saying, I'm busy because you want to seem more important? Think about that. The next time somebody asks you, are you busy? I want you to just take a step back and see, are you really busy or are you trying to hide from something? Or maybe is it truthful that you're not wanting to do it because they didn't help you? Why tell them you're busy? Why don't I say, you know what, Jim, last time I asked you to do something, you're always busy. I just don't want to help you. I just like to get right to the punch, Marcus. I think there's enough BS out there. If you don't like me, the heck with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm exactly. going to tell you the way it is. And the reason I'm not helping you, it's really simple. I had to move all this furniture three weeks ago. I needed help getting this stuff done last year. And you were always busy. Don't blame it on COVID because I know you were fine.
2: And, and that's uh, that's 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 their first thing to go to too that's and that's the that's the most frustrating part about it they i say this
1: right i should have it on the yeah the you should people. yeah
2: you should, <laughs> people you should call have a t-shirt our company. For that
1: thanks for calling xyz if you're yeah. calling to tell us that you can't do something because of covid please hang up <laughs> all yeah. right well listen if you have a product that you would like us to unbox Be sure to visit jmor.com. Let us know what that product is. Of course, you'll have to donate that to us and pay the shipping. I always tell people please send us a great product, not one that's lemons, because we're not going to make lemonade out of that product that you know isn't any good. So why send it to us? Because we're just not going to do it justice. And if you'd like to be a guest on our show, all means, got to be educational. Uh, Go to our website. Tell us a little bit about who you are, why you should be a guest. We'll set up a pre-vetting interview with you. If we think it makes sense, we'll invite you uh, onto our show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. And you know, always it always gives me great pride, great pleasure, and extreme honor to be with you every single day. And now catch our brand new channel on LinkedIn, John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur company page where you can catch lots of great things about how to improve the quality of your lives. And if your life doesn't need improving, which I think it might be fibbing, I'm sure you could improve some other people's lives, right? Marcus, it's been a great show. It's been great having you again tonight. Pleasure, John. Have yourself a great weekend, everyone. Uh, don't drive everybody too crazy while we're waiting for summer to end. What is it? The 21st, 22nd. Enjoy these uh, last few weeks before summer ends the 21st and uh, don't drive everybody crazy. Just be grateful for the weather, what you have, and look forward to an amazing October as well. We'll see you next week, everyone. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the J. Moore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 111 That's IT support to 881, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jaymore Tech Talk show. Remember, jmor.com.